0: This program is about unsolved mysteries. Whenever possible, the actual family
1: members and police officials have participated in recreating the events. What you're about to see is not a news broadcast.
2: to America is presented by the good people at the Bob Belly Network. My fellow Americans,
1: we are fortunate to be alive. They need them to protect us from the number one killer in the
0: us from the 20th university. university. A study on the wide, wide it's called Google it, it's
1: Coming to an end, everybody, everybody wanted everybody all the details all about the wine bottles that we had in our possession. Had in our possession, there's
0: an old saying in Tennessee, I know it's from Tennessee, Tennessee, Tennessee. 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 and
1: Hi-ya! Boom! Alright, everybody. Welcome to episode 247 of the and Jacob Do America podcast. I am your host, in the place to be, Mr. Jacob P. And sitting right across from me, it's not the brown recluse Mr. R-Trail, it is the elephant in the room, but... To my digital left, maybe your digital right, I don't know how this shit works once it gets transposed to the YouTubes where we have been demonetized for having peep the Gate and Padma McCord type episodes, but on your YouTube or whatever device you're watching or listening to us on, to my digital left is the Brown Wolf Mr. art Trail, COVID free since about 330. Um <laughs> But we're still taking uh, precautions because uh We're good libertards that way, but uh, sitting right across from me on this digital platform is the Christmas with art Archer. Art, say hello to the millions. The
3: millions. What the fuck is going on, guys? Hey, uh, I hope you guys are... You know what? I'm drinking coffee. I won't tell you the brand, (laughs) but guys, go to kmancoffee.com. Check out their entire inventory of coffee beans. They got the hibiscus tea. They got the cacao butter. They got the... They got, they got sweatpants, they got hats, they got anything you might and will ever fucking need in your life. Uh, Valentine's Day is coming up. I assume your significant other is addicted to caffeine. So get them some nitro cold brew. Um, check it all out. Use promo code AMERICA to receive 15% off at checkout. Uh, tell them Art and Jacob sent you. Take a picture of yourself drinking the nitro cold brew, drinking the hibiscus tea. Tag us, tag them. We appreciate it. They appreciate it. And that's it
1: and speaking of sponsors guys make sure to check out our other sponsors guys we're talking about the great and the powerful nicole smith bosch who may or may not be a future guest on a, uh, a an, an episode coming your way um but that is neither here nor there uh what is here what is there is the totally revamped superapparel.com guys go to SuperApparel. apparel well where, where nicole smith bosch has designed an array of merchandise she revamped her store and has a a bunch of new shirts and cups and designs uh, for your consuming pleasure so go there support strong independent women such as her uh, when you find something you like or if you're rich you're a baller or you're just hey you love her with all your heart and soul like the great and powerful gorilla of a man jesus fuentes you know you're going to put all those merchandises into your cart and buy the whole collection Enter promo code Art and Jacob, and Nicole will give you ten percent off your entire purchase. Uh, that shows uh, that you uh, are listening to the podcast as well as wanting to support her. But we're not here to talk about Valentine's gifts or redesigned websites. Or right, what are we here to talk about today,
3: ladies and gentlemen? We're going to talk about Mister David Lee Lewis. David, I'm oh, sorry, David Glenn Lewis. <laughs> I don't about know about where to say they were. I'm sorry, I don't know where I got the lead from, uh, but they, David Glenn Lewis, the disappearance of the possible murder of the possible suicide of David Glenn Lewis. Um, it's a case that it's been on the list for a while, but I was like, we got to do it. Like, for a couple of reasons. One, it involves a Super Bowl. Two, tomorrow is actually going to be the anniversary of, of uh, the missing... The reporting missing case of his. So mm-hmm. tomorrow, the thirty first Monday, um, of when he goes missing back in two, not was 2003, 1993. Um uh and we'll get into it because it ties into a couple of things that are happening right now uh, as we prepare for the the big game, the Super you Bowl. I, I love how like um, networks can't say the word Super Bowl, so they always call it the big game. <laughs> Oh my God, that's so funny. But we can say it. Yeah. Uh, So, um, yeah, the Super Bowl's coming up, and this case involves the Super Bowl somehow. So you guys will find out how that involved the Super Bowl.
1: Um, When you first pitched this topic, um, initially I thought it was the player that went missing on Super Bowl Sunday. So back a few years ago, I believe like in 2002, uh, when the Raiders played the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl, uh, one of the Raiders' players actually went missing. And so I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that sounds like a good topic idea, right? Like, I, I don't remember how that ever got resolved. And I still don't know how that got resolved. So I, when you sent me the link, it wasn't the Raiders player that went missing. So I was like, all right, cool. It's this uh, David Lewis character. And then so when I put David Lewis missing, like when I started doing my Google search that following Monday, Uh, a bunch of links showed up for um don lewis which is carol baskin's husband that went missing back in 95 i want to say around the same time frame and i was like huh that's pretty odd that art would want to cover like the whole carol baskin missing husband thing because he fucking hates tiger king and everything around it and i was like "Mm, art's got a touch of the dyslexia so maybe he meant to say don lewis (laughs) <laughs> and not David Lewis, uh, <laughs> but then you sent me a YouTube link and I started watching it. And I was like, oh no, it's a totally different case, uh, that would probably end up on a, a future episode of Unsolved Mysteries. So, uh, yeah, I watched it,
3: Unsolved Mysteries step
1: yeah. So, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, this is more down arts alley. <laughs> so, uh, when I did the research, uh, it's pretty fascinating. Case, uh, odd in the fact that, um, I'll spoil the lead. I have no fucking idea. Uh, and we'll get into the timeline or whatever, uh, how this guy went missing, how he ended up dead, and all the ins and outs of it. But um, yeah, I guess let's jump into it. Art. Let's tell the millions about the missing. Oh, oh, there you go. Fucking delay on the Zoom call. Um, but um, yeah, let's get into it, man. Um, I guess, like you said, January 31st, 1993 a pretty special day uh, if you're a Dallas Cowboys fan Uh, it was the Dallas Cowboys uh, versus the Buffalo Bills in Super Bowl 27 Uh, this was officially the return of America's team Uh, Dallas Cowboys had gone through a lull you know they had won a couple of Super Bowls in the 70s but all throughout the 80s and um, you know the first part of the early 90s Dallas Cowboys sucked. I think they had like a season where they like went one in 16 or something ridiculous like that, or one in 15 or whatever. I forgot what the actual schedule was like for them, but they fucking sucked. Um, the worse than they do now kind of thing. And they looked like a lost franchise, uh, but this was the game that turned them around. They would go on to win the two additional Super Bowls in the nineties. But um, uh, David Lewis, uh, he was a huge Davis, Dallas Cowboys,
3: Cowboys fan.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Huge Dallas Cowboys fan. Uh, he was actually born in um, 1953 in Borger, Texas. So he got to see, you know, Tom Landry's Dallas Cowboys, you know, tearing it up, uh, becoming an America's team, the inception of the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders and all that is. Uh, but he wasn't just some fucking dumb jock uh, football fan. Uh, no, D- Der- David Lewis was actually a graduate of Texas Tech University School of Law, where he actually got a doctorate of jurisprudence. And actually practiced law from 1980 to 1986, where he was also elected as court of law judge in Moore County, Texas, from 86 through 1990. Uh, however, he did lose his reelection campaign, uh, but started practicing law in Amarillo, Texas, where he would live pretty much up until his disappearance and eventual death. Uh, but he was married. You know, he had he had the very uh, American dream lifestyle. He was married to a lady named Karen. Who would often ask for the management, you know, whenever they went out, um, wherever they'd went. And they also had a nine year old daughter named Lauren. Um, uh, He did uh, a bunch of things like he was very active in his church. Uh, He contributed to multiple charities. Uh, He taught Sunday school. Uh, And he also taught uh, law classes at the local uh, junior college uh, at Amarillo Junior College.
3: You know Uh, what's funny? You say all these things and it's kind of hard to forget or it's kind of hard to to put in perspective that the dude was 39 years old when he went missing mm-hmm. and and i think about that i'm like dude this guy accomplished so much he was a judge he was a lawyer he was he taught school like he did all these things and the dude was 39 years old like i'm only a few years away from that and like yeah <laughs> this guy like accomplished a lifetime worth of things where it's like god damn like yeah, you look it, at it, man. What? Just, just fucking spend all day watching YouTube for once, goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> just
1: Google your own name for crying out loud. <laughs> yeah, when you Google his own name, though, uh, Don Lewis pops up more than he does. But um, uh, yeah, no, yeah, I totally agree with you. Like when I saw how old he was when he went disappeared, I was like, holy shit! Like I'm about three years away from being uh, his age, and I haven't even accomplished that much. Uh, but When you see a picture of him, I want to put this out here, too, because I know we'll probably tell a couple of dick jokes or whatever. But he genuinely looks like a really nice guy. Like, you can tell that, yeah, he might have lost his reelection campaign uh, to be a judge in, you know, uh, Moore County or whatever. But I think it wasn't because he did a shitty job. He just looks like that type of judge that was like a sweetheart of a dude. Yeah, he might have voted Republican, but like he was just like, no, I do it
2: because... You know, Ronald Reagan said uh, that he was against abortion. And, you know, my faith dictates that, you know, you know little babies, that inception starts at last. Uh,
1: But he did look like like one of those good Republicans where it's just like he would have like a cholo in front of him. And yeah. like the cholo was like, hey, man, I didn't
2: mean to fucking stab him in the neck. But, you know, like fucking, you know, I had like a don't, fuck- don't worry, it's not your fault. You were born Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> but he was like you know what um you know i know the minimum sentence on this is community service and you, jorge you look like an outstanding citizen you know and if you're telling you look like me one of the good mexicans yeah one of the good ones not one of the rapists or bad bad hombres uh <laughs> he goes I, so i'm gonna give you community service for stabbing your father in the neck 75 times because hey maybe you are telling the truth you put your hand on the bible and to me I believe any man that puts his hand on the Bible is an upstanding person. If they swear they're telling the truth, whole truth, and nothing but the truth, because only God can judge me. Like Tupac Amaru Shakur said one time,
1: uh, but yeah, he looks like that type of person. It just like had like a heart of gold and was pretty lenient.
3: He also looked a lot old, older than thirty eight. Like I think I think what thirty eight looks like, or I'm sorry, thirty. It was thirty nine, but but he was you know his that last picture that everyone uses. He's 38 in that picture. Mm-hmm. But for 38 years old, he looks like he's old enough to be my dad, kind of thing. Where it's like,
0: <laughs> I think that's like a
3: white thing where it's like white people age like not gracefully, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, like you look at Denzel, or you look at Jamie Foxx. Like Jamie Foxx is like 58 years old. Yeah. And it's like, dude, Jamie Foxx, you're 58 years old? God damn, dude. Like, no, do you know
1: who uh, looks good for their age is Bobby Lashley. Uh, he fought Brock Lesnar in the last night at the Royal Rumble. And, you know, somebody was putting because they both fought like MMA, right? Brock, obviously UFC, but uh, Bobby yeah, Lashley Bobby and Bellator. Uh, yeah. And they put up their ages and Brock Lesnar. He, he very much looks like a 44 year old man, right? But Bobby yeah. Lashley is like something ridiculous, like 48. And I'm like, motherfucker, you look younger than I do. Motherfucker, you look like you can do a bodybuilding contest tomorrow with like twenty eight year olds and shit. And that's a testament that black just does not crack, bro.
3: Oh no, absolutely. I mean, we were talking to, on the Patreon, we talked about Mike Tyson, and Mike Tyson still looks like that dude is like 38. Uh, 38. <laughs> like, you know, you know, he looks like he's he's this dude's age. Yeah. He looks like yeah. he's he's David's age, so
1: and I think Tyson's like sixty. Oh yeah, dude. I would be scared to fight Mike Tyson. Eh,
2: eh. <laughs> Get, get get anyway, over here, I'm going to smack you on your butt cheeks.
3: Uh-uh. Yeah, dude, I, I'd be afraid to fight him, but, um, but yeah, I mean, not to get, get too caught up on his looks, like, but he clearly is, uh, looks
1: a lot older than he is. Yeah. So, uh, to go back to the date, um, uh, if you're hearing this on a Monday, when I dropped the episode live in full effect, which y'all should be doing, uh, but January 31st, 1993, uh, Super Bowl 27, um, You know, David made plans to watch the Super Bowl alone. His previous days, um, I believe on the 28th, his wife and daughter made plans to uh, go fly out to Dallas from Amarillo uh, to do some shopping. And David was just going to stay home and watch the Super Bowl by himself.
3: Let me ask you something. So that was the first thing to me that kind of threw me off because a part of me agrees with him in the sense that, oh, he wants to just stay home and relax and watch a big game by himself. Yeah. And like he had some sandwiches, some turkey sandwiches in the fridge ready to go. I get that. But if it's a Super Bowl and it's your it's your team and your your wife and daughter are gonna go to Dallas, the, the 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 place that your team plays out of, why wouldn't you wanna go to Dallas and like party it up with like the other Dallas fans? I don't know. That was my thing. Maybe I'm way off. It's something I would wanna do, like if if like the bears were in the super bowl and the bears,
1: you had an opportunity bears. to go to Chicago.
3: Yeah. It's like, I can't go to the super bowl, but I can at least go watch it in Chicago with a bunch of other like drunk bear fans. I'd be down for that.
1: You know what? Um, okay. So as we're recording this right now, there's a big game, uh, happening with the LA Rams and the San Francisco 49ers. There's a lot of San Francisco 49 ers fans, uh, where we live. And, uh, where the LA Rams play is literally like maybe like an hour away from where I'm sitting at right now. Uh, there's a lot of people, um, on my social media, they're saying like, Hey, like, are you going to go watch the game? Like in LA and it's and some people are saying like, fuck yes. And some people are saying, fuck no, just because it's just like, no, I'd rather watch it on TV. Cause I want to see all the fucking stats and all this shit. And like, I don't want to sit in nosebleeds and whatnot. Um, to your point, um, about watching it in dallas with other dallas cowboy fans if you're a dallas cowboy fan uh, you know that there's two type of fans there's the annoying as fuck fan that thinks that like you know they're, they're gonna win every fucking game by fucking 57 points and you know all, all that annoying shit that encompasses it and then there's really like cautious like disappointed fans that are like hey you know what i know they're gonna let me down kind of t- kind of thing and like i said that Dallas was coming out of an era where like they were winning like maybe one game a season kind of thing. And like the previous years, you know, the Buffalo bills had went up against, you know, the New York giants and the Washington Redskins and kind of like made like really interesting games. I went back and, you know, checked the scores on there. And there was like a one point difference, three point difference between some of these games. And it was hard to say that like, you know, this was a Dallas Cowboys team that, you know, Troy Aikman and Michael Irvin and Emmitt Smith, like those players hadn't done shit yet. Like, so they were very much unproven. So I can totally see him like just being like super conservative and like, you know what? I don't want to get my hopes down. If I get super pissed off or upset that they lose, like I want to do that in silence. And I can totally relate to that because if the Dallas Cowboys were to go to the super Bowl right now, I would do the exact same thing. I would barricade myself in this podcast studio, watch that shit by myself. And either rejoice by myself or fucking cry in this corner right here by myself, kind of thing. So I, I get yeah. that.
3: I get it. I get it. Now that now you say it like that, I'm kind of the same way. I would not want to be around like a bunch of other people in case they lose because I don't want people to see me cry.
1: Plus, like he's a judge, like he doesn't want to probably be around a bunch of drunk people and shit like that kind of thing.
3: You're right. You're right. All yeah. makes sense. You sold yeah. me. Okay.
1: Yeah. So, uh, like you said, you know, he was going to sit there, you know, and watch the Dallas Cowboys game, you know, by himself. Uh, but he also wanted to tape the game and we're looking at a time frame in 1993 where, you know, if you want to record something, like you physically have to push the record button, you know, you don't have a smartphone that can, you know, start and stop it, you know, from a hundred miles away, uh, on a special spectrum TV app kind of thing, or, you know, you're not going to have a TiVo even or a DVR that's going to automatically record it. Like, no, like you have to physically place a tape into a VCR, push record, and then when the game is over, push stop kind of thing. So he wanted to be around to do that as well.
3: Yeah, he so there was a lot of I don't want to say controversy to, to that whole thing about the the BC, the BCR. Um because apparently the technology for BCRs having auto record was already out for a while at this point. And they were like, he's a lawyer. He should probably have owned one of these. It's not like it was a thing that just came out. Uh, So there's always a possibility that you didn't know how to do the auto record. I was thinking back to my days of of having a A VHS player, VHS recorder or whatever. And the auto record was always very like, and like you have to put your time in there and all this shit. It was a very complicated thing.
1: And then your TV uh, has never... to have like the timer on it as well, kind of thing. And like if you don't have the right TV, it's not gonna work, kind of thing.
3: Yeah. I could see how it's something that he didn't want to just chance it and he wanted to record it. Now I did see that apparently the game started at uh I think it was five thirty PM like Dallas time or you know, Central Time. Central time, time yeah. It was 5:30 p.m. and apparently he started recording it at around 5:15 p.m., which -hmm. is when the players started to run out into the field uh, for the introductions. And so that seems like a very specific time. Like I think most people would either have started at like five o'clock or five or whatever it is. Like kickoff time is 5:30, so they'll set it to like 5:30. But it started around Mm 5:15, which is which seems kind of like a very like human time time to like start recording something like he must have been there yeah or someone yeah. must have been there to hit record uh at that specific time
1: yeah and um it's worth noting that um like i said on the 28th so two days or a couple days previous uh his wife uh, and daughter you know flew out to dallas to do some shopping um and uh, when they came back they actually came back the night of uh the super bowl so when they got home uh, they saw that, that, you know, David wasn't there, uh, like you noted before, you know, the two, uh, Turkey sandwiches that he had, uh, made, you know, to eat during the game or whatever, were still in the refrigerator. And it looks like they had just been made, you know, they can tell like it wasn't sitting there. The lettuce wasn't wilted and the tomato hadn't like soaked into the bread and made it soggy yet or whatever. Right. Like it was all like, Oh, okay. They, this was just uh, play or played just uh, made. Uh, David's watch and wedding ring were on the kitchen counter, which, ind- which indicated like, hey, if you're, you're taking that off, like, hey, he's doing dishes. Uh, he just cleaned up, you know, the knife that he used to cut the tomato and onion and all that shit to put on his sandwiches and whatnot. Uh, and the dryer was on, uh, you know, like he had just put in, you know, a load of laundry and whatnot. So um, he had just by the time they had got there, it had looked like he had just left so um,
3: the, the dryer was already off but the, but clothes was in the dryer done like it was mm-hmm. ready to be pulled out and like folded or whatever
1: oh, okay yeah i saw something a little bit different but hey it might have been that um but they didn't think it was too weird uh because like you were indicating they thought like oh, okay maybe he did all of this and then maybe he got a phone call from a friend like hey Cowboys just won, like, hey, let's go out and celebrate or hey, like, let's come over and let's like watch all that, like the after interviews and bullshit. Yeah, with yeah. Terry Bradshaw and Jim Brown and whatnot. Right. So maybe, you know, he just wanted to, you know, celebrate with friends. Uh, but his wife. Um, started to get like fucking skeptical, hippo wise the next day because he was not there the next morning. And then he had also missed uh, two appointments at work on the first of February Uh, And so she calls the Amarillo PD to report, you know, a missing persons case.
3: So, man, that's one of the things that I thought was really uh, interesting about this whole thing is that and I know this is not the first missing persons case we've covered, but the wife was already concerned at this point because she thought maybe he went out to do the to watch the game or something. Maybe, you know, he was expecting one of his buddies to come over and then his buddy convinced him like, no, let's go watch the game. that's why he had the two sandwiches Mm. and the two sandwich thing i thought was also kind of weird because when i first heard it i didn't think much of it because i was like that's what i would have two sandwiches for myself yeah because i eat a lot (laughs) me too (laughs) but but like but then i heard someone else talking about it and they're like why two sandwiches who's the other sandwich for and i was like oh you don't eat a lot but like (laughs) i I thought that was kind of weird (laughs) but um so that was one thing. And then the other thing I thought was kind of interesting was um, uh, his wife. His wife was, like, trying to push for the police to uh, to start the missing persons case going a lot earlier than they, than they ended up doing. Mm-hmm. Apparently, she did it right at the time where, like, now we, we can officially file it. And she waited, like, hats off to her because she was waiting, like, right to the point where, okay, it's officially been 48 hours. Now we can start the process.
1: Yeah, and I, I know we did um... – <sighs> I forgot the guy's name, but there's always like, uh, like whatever jurisdiction you're in, like it, you always got to give it a couple of days before you can like actually report the missing kind of thing. And and we're talking about a a, a world before cell phones. And I even think like a world before, like, you know, pagers are even a big deal. I think only like drug dealers and like, you know, you know, stock, stock market CEOs and shit, like had like pagers and shit. So like, we're, we're, we're very much in a landline world here where it's like, you can't just, you know, text message or your, your husband and say like, Hey, where are you at? Like, you know, are you at John's house, you know, fucking partying with, you know, the fucking Super Bowl aftermath show or whatever, or, or what, like, you know, where yeah. are you at kind of thing? Like, so, uh, th- that is, that would be a definite fucking scary 48 hours or however long the fucking time frame is where you can actually like, you know, file the missing persons report. Um, but, uh, to Quentin Tarantino, this shit a little bit, you know, kind of retrace some, um, some steps uh i mentioned that on the 28th of january uh his daughter and uh, wife went to dallas to do some shopping and kind of hang out in the dallas area uh but on the 28th he actually went to work at the law firm uh he was with uh, buckner laura and swindle uh but left early because he told um his co-workers that he just wasn't feeling well Um uh, but That afternoon, it shows that um, he used his credit card to go buy some gas, uh, actually taught at, you know, the Amarillo College at a class that ended at 10 a.m. On the 29th, he was actually spotted, um, uh, you know, by, you know, at at the Southwest Terminal uh, at the Amarillo Airport uh, by a friend that he knew at church. Uh, you know rushing through you know the terminal kind of thing which he thought was suspicious because he wasn't the type of guy that you know kind of moved like that you know uh, he was very much like a slow like
2: hey jim how you doing how's the kids you know yeah. type
1: of type of fellow or whatever and so he said you know i thought that was weird that like he was like he was looking for like kevin McAllister and some shit from like home alone or whatever like he was like running through the airport uh on the 30th of january uh, someone deposited into his uh, joint bank account with his wife $5,000, and uh, his red uh, Ford Explorer uh, was uh, spotted parked right in front of their house by a neighbor. And the neighbor said that that was kind of suspicious because he would always park uh, his Explorer uh, in the garage, you know, um, to keep it safe. Because anybody that owns a red car knows that fucking, especially like in like a a deserty area like Amarillo, Texas. The sun is not kind to a red paint job. Uh, But um, also on the 31st of uh, January, um, like you said, someone manually started the recording at 5.15 p.m. uh, But from there, from the 31st to the 2nd, they have no record of uh, any of David's steps.
3: So the $5,000 being deposited in the bank account was pretty interesting um they didn't know if that was him doing that they didn't know if that was an appropriate amount for him to be depositing um apparently like there was some legal issue where like they couldn't see how much was being deposited into the bank account uh if this was like a frequent thing like if he had a bonus at work or some sort of thing i don't know if that since then this information has become available but a up until like I looked at it, th- that information wasn't available. Mm-hmm. So the five thousand
1: deposit,
3: yeah, yeah. The the five thousand dollars was just uh, um, an interesting little side note because you know it w- was that him depositing it. Was it um, someone else depositing it into his bank account? He was a lawyer, so he did make a lot of money. It's not an un- unreasonable to think that you know his bonus was five thousand um, dollars. You know, I know that in Bakersfield, that that would be like, oh, I gotta fly
1: my Trump flag real quick. <laughs> so that, I made it. <laughs> Maybe we
3: made that five thousand dollars bonus check. Uh, but yeah, he's a lawyer, and that seems kind of what a lawyer would make as far as a bonus is a five thousand dollars bonus. So, and then in nineteen ninety three,
1: in nineteen ninety three, though, you gotta account for inflation and whatnot, right? Like, you know, pre nine eleven, pre fucking two thousand eight, you know, uh, housing crisis, you know pre-COVID, you know, inflation, you know, kind of thing. Like, so that's that's a hefty amount of money. I believe one podcast I was listening to estimated that that would be like getting a, you know, $12,000 deposit into your account now. So we're talking about that's a hefty chunk of change, but he was a lawyer. So, hey, what was this? Uh, what was this in regards to? And at this time, uh, the law firm that he had left previously was kind of like in a in a lawsuit with a very wealthy client that was suing them. So could it have been from something that had to do with that? We just don't know. Cause it was just $5,000 just straight up deposited into his account with no trace on where it came from.
3: Yeah. And a couple of things that I would like to get into at this point, um, cause there's a little more to develop, but um, the wife was asked a little bit about the $5,000, whether this is a normal uh, amount of money for him to be receiving and the wife was like, you know what? I, I don't know. It was not a lot of information for the wife to the point that the police asked for the wife to go, um, to get a polygraph test. Yep. And the yep. wife declined the polygraph test under, under her lawyer saying, Hey, don't do that. It's going to make you look bad if you take a polygraph test. Um, so a lot of people point at the wife going, Hey, that's weird. Like why is the wife not willing to take a polygraph test? Um, I didn't think it was that weird. I don't know how you feel about it, but if your lawyer, like if, you know, if my lawyer was telling me like, don't do this, I would, I would be like, okay, you're the lawyer. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> like, I'm going to just continue not doing that. So I mean, I, I didn't think it was that, that weird, but I know the internet out about it. Oh, there you go. That's the, that's the missing clue there.
1: It, it reminds me of Elisa like, Lamb. I Lam, hate to keep I mean, bringing up Elisa Lamb like this, but, like, they flip out about, like, the littlest detail. Like, oh, it was a fucking trans-dimensional demon that she was running from because she flipped out. Couldn't have possibly been a mental illness. And you got to think of, like, yeah, like, who is usually, like, when you watch, like, Dateline or whatever, who do they usually blame, like, when somebody goes missing or someone's murdered? The, th- the spouse or the girlfriend or whatever, right? So... And, we, and knowing what we know, like doing like fucking 247 episodes, polygraph tests are very unreliable. And the only people that fucking uh, really want to use those are fucking psychopaths that are good at lying. And, you know, like a, like a Charles Manson or somebody, you know, like a fucking a real serial killer that can fucking hide their fucking heartbeat, you know, and lie without fucking skipping a beat kind of thing. Right. But a wife that just lost her husband that is you know full of emotion right now has like all these like detectives maybe asking her tricky questions or whatever i can see her failing a polygraph test and then looking and it becomes incriminating for her
3: yeah i mean it's it's there's no there's no there's no gain of it if you're innocent like yeah if you're innocent they're not going to be like aha you're off the hook get out of here it's just another thing for you to um For them to try to see, oh, well, you failed this question and this question. So Mm -hmm. something's going on here. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I can understand why she didn't take it. But a lot of people online focus in on the fact that she didn't take it. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's enough there. But uh, I do think it was strange that the wife didn't really have that much. I don't know how involved she was in the finances of the family. Mm -hmm. uh, But she didn't seem like she knew that much about where the money was coming from or why the money was there or if that was his bonus or if that was normal for him. That's a little bit weird, because um, I think like you know they're they're in a marriage with with a child. They're like you would think that they would be a little more aware of each other's finances.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with you on that. But um, I, I I do think that the things that I did see now, mind you, there's not a whole whole lot out there to dig on other than other people's opinions. Uh, But from what I did gather, like she was just as befuddled of where that five thousand dollars came from than you and I are as well. So. Mm-hmm. Um, the police actually start their investigation on the 2nd of February and, uh, they actually find his car, um, and his keys, uh, hidden under the floor mats of, uh, you know, his car. Um, and it had like his checks, his credit card, his ID, um, like in the glove compartment. And it was in front of the Potter County court building. So basically like where he would have to report to work for a case or whatever, right? Like the, the court. And whatnot, you know him being a lawyer and whatnot. So it was parked right out in front. Uh, they actually are able to trace that he purchased two plane tickets. Uh, this is again a time frame before September 11th. So you know you didn't have to show ID. Um, and but they did were able to trace that he bought you know the first ticket January 31st for a flight from Dallas to Amarillo. So basically where his wife and daughter were at back home. And then the second plane ticket that he bought was on February 1st, 1993 from Los Angeles to Dallas with a stopover in Amarillo. So for some reason or in somehow like after the Super Bowl, after he fucking left the fucking turkey sandwiches in his laundry and the fucking at at home or whatever uh, the next day he's in L.A. somehow. We don't know how he got to L.A. Again, this is a time frame before like IDs, you know, and, you know, plane tickets and shit. Uh, He's in L.A. and he's coming back to Texas via Dallas and um previous to this he had told his wife that he felt like he was in danger um and yeah. he was involved in a lawsuit like i said with a former uh client uh with his so former, it was, former I, 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 so it was actually his
3: former his former law firm was involved in some what he would describe as like some shady thing and his his so his former law firm was under heat yeah and he yeah. said he was willing to testify against them and he was like i don't care who this hurts i'm gonna go out there and tell the truth about it yes and i think that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way and that's why his wife was under the the uh under the impression that he was in trouble and i think he mentioned something like i think i'm in trouble yeah i mean
1: I'm, I'm in fear for my life kind of thing like my life is in danger and he actually told his 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 father, this as well, where he's like, I think I'm like, I'm in deep basically. Um, And then the place that he had to give the deposition to was actually going to be in Dallas.
3: Yeah, correct. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, um, the fucked up thing though is, is after about 11 months of looking into this case, uh, the Amarillo police department actually cancels their um, investigation of uh, David Lewis Uh, And they kind of label it as missing voluntarily as they couldn't find, you know, any foul play. They couldn't find anything other than these plane tickets and his car. that just happened to be parked, you know, in front of uh, the courthouse. And his wife actually said that like, yeah, like he would, you know, place his keys under like the floor mats, leave his credit cards and his checks and whatnot, like in the glove compartment or whatever, like that wasn't out of character. So it just, what looked like to investigators, at the time like yeah he just voluntarily went missing
3: which is kind of sad because imagine being like the 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 wife or daughter or whatever and they tell you like yeah we can't find any evidence so he must have just left because he wanted to leave like mm-hmm. we couldn't solve this one yeah he was getting uh, sick
1: of being mr nice guy
3: yeah and um uh, i feel like that's a little bit like more than anything else so i was just like that sucks. Like going all those years of not knowing what happened to your dad, like did he just fucking go out and get some milk and never come back? Did, did the cowboys win and he said fuck it? That was the one thing I needed. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. like, like it's pretty, pretty difficult. And um to find out, you know, sixteen thousand miles away, uh you know, fast forwarding to nineteen
0: ninety four, mm-hmm.
3: this john doe that was found ran over on the side of the road sixteen thousand miles away in washington state and what's the city i don't know it's like yakima i
1: want to say i was gonna say
3: wichita but yeah yakima like to find that they find his body being ran over dressed in in army fatigues Mm -hmm. totally like out of character like the dude is a fucking lawyer now he's dressed like
1: some like like rambo and shit Like, like some proud boy league. or some shit. Like he's like, yeah. Dallas Cowboys won the fucking Super Bowl, so I'm gonna join the pat the, the fucking,
3: fucking proud boy. boys. Troy Aikman said <laughs> it's time to take this country back. <laughs> so I'm gonna do it.
1: And goddamn <laughs> Hillary Clinton's out here fucking killing Haitians, <laughs> fucking murdering babies, drinking them their Madrina Chromes and shit. He went from like the nice guy judge to like fucking straight up like far right fucking uh fucking proud boy and shit
3: have you seen a video of that judge that's telling like that old like muslim man to be like you should be ashamed of yourself and he's like i have cancer i can't walk and he's like you should be ashamed of yourself you should mow your lawn once a week your lawn is a mess and like i guess he has like all these plants that are overgrown and uh-huh. they show a picture of it and like yeah his his yard is overgrown. it's, it's actually his alley it's all like overgrown and there's all these like tumbleweeds everywhere and he's like explaining to the judge that he can't really, because he has cancer. And the judge is like, I don't care. You should be ashamed of yourself. Get out of my country. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's like, it's the most fucking God awful thing I've ever seen.
1: This is America, ladies and gentlemen.
3: <laughs> Pretty sad, man. Pretty sad shit. <laughs> uh,
1: but you kind of mentioned it a little bit. Uh, let's go back on that. Yeah, they're at this exact same time. Uh, there was uh, John Doe that, you know, was a victim of a hit and run. Uh, it's kind of, again, Quentin Tarantino, this shit a little bit. Uh, in 2003, uh, the Seattle Post in in uh, this is fucking I don't know who fucking thought of this fucking newspaper's name, but you motherfuckers are trying to sound too smart. Uh, it's the Seattle Post. And I'm going to fucking words are hard. This motherfucking shit Intelligencer, But it's spelled like fucking weird as shit. It's not spelled how you would think it would be. Uh, but they printed a series of articles called Without a Tricks. And it was these installments of adult missing persons cases and the fallacies uh, that they shared with this system called the NCIC, which was the National Crime and Information Center, which was it was implemented to basically like kind of database, like all of these like missing missing persons cases, like all these John Doe's that, you know, people would find murdered on the side of the road or like on San Francisco, a main street in San Francisco, like with no ID kind of thing. Uh, to to kind of like document um, for, you know, future cold case files to kind of get reopened and whatnot. Uh, but there was like a lot of uh, fallacies with this. Uh, we mentioned this during during the our Zodiac uh, series of episodes that we did where like police departments didn't necessarily communicate with each other. If it wasn't their jurisdiction, they weren't sharing information and they weren't giving a mad fuck. So a lot of cases would go unsolved. Uh, with the NCIC, a lot of people would be like misidentified, or you know, however they were found. Like that's basically what they would put out into the ether. And a good example of this is the John Doe that Art was talking about. They got hit, you know, right out right outside out, of outside. Yakima, Washington. Uh, he was described to being in army fatigues, and you know, described that you know he his facial features basically, but it didn't say anything about glasses. Now to go back a little bit to that picture, we me and Art were. "Quote unquote," making fun of, he had these like really thick bottle glass fucking glasses or whatever, right? Like I'm talking about, like he could find Waldo, find Waldo on whatever wears Waldo book with these motherfuckers, right? No. Uh, he didn't need magnifying glasses because he had a set of two on his fucking eyeballs and shit. So that wasn't documented at all because when he was found, uh, the glasses were in his pocket. So uh, fast forward, you know, a year or two. Uh, Washington state police detective Patrick Dutter uh, was actually fascinated by these, this series of articles that were being printed. And he said, you know what, let me use this new thing called Google uh, to uh, start looking up the details of um, all these like missing John does and, you know, kind of put like these intricate details about them. So um, he did this and he actually ran across the case for David Lewis and he was comparing it to a, John that John Doe case that Art was talking about and he goes you know what it, it just doesn't make sense though because you know first of all you know he's being found in you know basically right outside of Yakima Washington I believe the actual city was like Moxie which is like Gorman here in California it's just like a place you go to Carl's Union you go take a piss or whatever right uh, it didn't match because they didn't have him listed as wearing any glasses when he was hit however when he contacted the local police station there in Yakima uh, in the evidence folder, you know, the, the belongings that that person had on him was actually a pair of glasses. And when he actually matched the glasses to the glasses that David was wearing in the famous picture that I'm sure that I'll be plastering all over the YouTube video, they were the exact glasses that were found on this John Doe. So what he also did is, is he contacted David's mother and asked her, you know, hey, would you, would you be willing to submit a DNA test? She says, yes, you know, hey, anything that could possibly lead to the identification of my son, I'm willing to do. Now, the local police department that had this John Doe's evidence also had a tissue sample. They they sent that tissue sample to, um, I believe it was a university in Texas. I forgot to write down the name. I'm sorry. Uh, but it was a place that actually specializes in DNA research. It wasn't just some, you know, Bakersfield College bullshit Fucking hey, if you can you know connect the dots, like you'll get an A on your fucking uh, your final exam note thing. No, this was like an actual research center that did a lot of DNA testing throughout the whole nation and the world. So they were the experts of experts here that examined DNA, and it was an exact match to his mother. So they were able to positively identify that the John Doe that got hit in uh, Yakima, Washington, was that of David Lewis.
3: Yeah, one of the things that I thought was strange was so when he was apparently struck by an automobile, um, he was not wearing the glasses. Mm-hmm. Now, as someone that wears glasses, I wear glasses all the time. Like, I don't wear them for fashion, I, I wear them to like literally see. I can't drive without them. Yeah. Uh, and apparently, he was really blind without his glasses. Um, I can't imagine him not wearing his glasses at night um, unless either foul play was involved or he was on some kind of drugs or something or he was having like a mental breakdown episode and even then it's like why would he take his glasses off Mm -hmm. why would he be wearing this army fatigue um i guess the one thing about the army fatigue is that there is a military base like literally down the road from where he was at yeah Um, and a lot of people think was he just trying to blend in as a soldier or something like what's going on here like it's i'll be honest with you man we've covered a ton of cases this is one that makes no goddamn sense even as even as i was doing the research on it i have no take on what happened here i don't know if this is aliens (laughs) (laughs) this could be aliens man for all we know like this is so weird this could if you told me this is an alien abduction case i'd be like yeah okay Mm because like the fact that he goes missing Twenty-four hours later, he's in a different state, sixteen thousand miles away. He was in Texas, now he's in Washington State, and now he's found dead. Somebody runs him over. Is that an accident? Yeah, in Washington, is that an accident or is that is that you know is that foul play with someone running him over on purpose? Either way, someone killed him. Definitely, we know someone ran him over. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, we just don't know to you know what extent if this is an accident or somebody right now is like, oh my god, I killed someone that night. Yeah. and doesn't want to come forward because he doesn't want to go to jail for
1: it. One thing um, is important to point out, too, is that uh, there was a motorist that actually saw this person, which was later identified as John John Lewis, David Lewis, uh, actually walking down, like, the the center of the road. So it was, like, a very, like, narrow, like, highway, like, one of those ones where it's, like, a two-lane highway where, like, you know, you got traffic every time you pass a car, like, your whole car shakes kind of thing because that's, how, like, how narrow it is. Like, he was, like, walking down, like, the center, like, lines And like somebody like was driving by and like, oh, my God, there's we almost fucking hit a dude. Like maybe we should like turn around and like warn people like, hey, like there's like a transient dude like in the middle of the road or I don't know, like maybe like he needs help or whatever. Like, let's go back and fucking like warn people and see if this guy needs help or maybe he needs two turkey sandwiches because he looks like he eats a lot. And so when they turn around, like he it was already too late. Somebody had already hit him. And like he I guess he was like laying off to the distance and like he was like dead immediately. And when they went back, they saw that like a Chevy Camaro uh, was speeding off. Uh, like it had just hit him and like sped off to like avoid getting caught and whatnot. So they weren't able to catch like the license plate or anything like that. Uh, but yeah, like he was very much alive one minute and then dead the next. So like Art said, it's it's a weird case. So it's not like they just happened upon a dead body. They had saw someone very much alive walking down the middle of the, the road. And then two minutes later, like he's fucking just dead as a fucking doornail uh, due to a hit and run. So the whole thing is fucking odd because you're like, how did he get there? Why did he go? Uh, You have all of these uh, these sightings of him running through airports, suspicious money being placed into his account. Uh, You know, a couple of days previous saying like he's in fear for his life. His wife actually testifies that like yo he didn't wear- he didn't own any army fatigues or any army surplus clothing or anything like that he was he was very much again i'm gonna show the picture again on the youtube he he was very much like a nerdy looking motherfucker he probably wore fucking uh, uh fucking docker's khakis or some shit or fucking uh what what's walmart's brand that they have fucking um bugle boy your bugle boy or fucking uh Ah, uh, faded glory. That's the fucking uh, oh, Walmart that's brand, that's or, yeah, or fucking uh, what's the Target brand? Fucking Cherokee or some shit. Or, oh, yeah, Massimo or some shit like that.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> dude, this guy, my my
3: brand is Massimo. Not only is it cheap, but it's comfortable, dude. <laughs> I do like I do like Massimo. I just bought some Massimo beans, or or like, is it Massimo or Cherokee? You said Cherokee was the other one. Yeah. Yeah, I bought some beanies the other day. Not this one, but I bought some beanies the other day because I was like, you know what? I just want some, like, plain, regular-ass beanies. And so yeah. I bought some. They were on clearance at Target. So I was like, and you, you don't right, want I'll to be
1: get... confused as a Proud Boy, so you go to Target like a good, red-blooded, conservative American. <laughs> get yourself yeah. some Massimo beanies and shit.
3: Massimo, I, I shop at Target because when I walk into Target, they always got a display of, of a of an interracial family. <laughs> And so I know I'm in the right place.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, he very much was not the type of person that would, like, walk around. You know the motherfuckers we're talking about, right? Like, you know, like, you you didn't serve in the military, but you're walking around in fucking army fatigues with, like, a fucking, for no goddamn reason, with a knife fucking There's strapped like, around Joe your Those, like, Joe Rogan ones, they have,
3: like, a flag on the shoulder for some reason. It's a, that's, yeah. like, a brand. I, I don't know what brand that is, but that uh, Joe Rogan definitely made that brand popular. Because now I see every goddamn motherfucker. I'm sure Jesus has, like, 50 of those goddamn shirts. Yeah. They're just like an American flag on the shoulder and it says something like, no guns, no glory, or some <laughs> bullshit on the chest.
1: Yeah. So he's wearing that when he got hit. And his wife was like, yeah, that was totally not his style. He was Team Massimo.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Go Team Massimo. <laughs> um, yeah. It, that was really weird. I mean, a lot, everything about this case is weird. Mm-hmm. The fact that the day that, the day that he went home from work, he said he was feeling sick when he was going home from work.
1: Mm-hmm. Later
3: on that same day, he goes and he still teaches his class at school. Like
1: who does that's that? That's kind of
3: weird. Yeah, it's like that's pretty weird. Like, why would you do that? Why would you also go teach your class the same day you said you went home because you were sick? Mm-hmm. Um, the money, the money being transferred into his account is weird. The plane tickets are weird. Uh, The fact that he was found 16,000 miles away and never had a plane ticket to that state, at least not that we were able to find. This is back in the day where you could find or you could buy tickets without having a driver's license. Not like now where you have to actually be who you say you are. He could have bought it under a fake name and maybe just bought those other ones to throw, throw people off his scent. But then was he running from someone? Was he paranoid and delusional at this point? Apparently, there was no history of any mental illness, any, like, mental breakdowns on his life. They were examining if, like, maybe he was just so stressed out from work. And trust me, being a lawyer is a stressful job. And he had just lost the re-election campaign. Yeah, uh, he did. He just lost his re-election. And that's a very stressful thing. Some people thought maybe he was depressed. Uh, he was just depressed that he had lost his re-election campaign. And his work wasn't going well. But at the same time, it's like the dude had money. Like, the dude was not broke. His bank account was cool. He and just they had, had Troy Aikman,
1: deposit- Emmett Smith, Michael Irvin, Boos Johnston, fucking Leon Lett, Larry Allen. How can you fucking be depressed when your fucking Cowboys are stacked like that? Come this on, is man. the
3: glory days of the Cowboys. Um, mm-hmm.
1: Jimmy Johnson yeah, had a man. fucking uh, full head of fucking uh, dark hair. It hadn't turned fucking snow white yet
3: yeah dude he was wearing a starter jacket back then exactly yes i, I should have <laughs> wore my starter jacket today just to keep the theme dude.
1: fuck me too dude i regret not wearing my fucking shit dude. Don't pull it out.
3: <laughs> don't, you should you should pull out that giant bone cowboy hat man <laughs> one second dude, I'll, I'll don't worry i'll keep i'll keep the uh the airwaves going here but yeah man it it, it was uh it's definitely a a, a strange case i got I usually have at least a theory, you know, oh, he has mental illness. <laughs> That's perfect, man. That's perfect. Yeah, I was like, usually there's mental illness involved or something, but not this time, dude. This time it's, like, fucking aliens. Oh, man. <laughs> this is why you got to subscribe to the YouTube, because only on the YouTube will you see Jacob wearing a giant foam hat. <laughs> <laughs>
1: best fifteen dollars <laughs> i ever spent in my life
3: where did you get that at the training camp you go to the training camp every year don't you
1: yeah I bought it in oxnard yeah
3: that's cool yeah man uh...
1: <laughs> it's not comfortable I'll tell you that right now
3: <laughs> it'd be funny if it's like if it's like extremely painful
1: <laughs> it kind of is and I have a small head and it's cutting oh, wow. off some circulation so <laughs>
3: I was just joking, but I didn't know it was going to be painful. Um, damn, man. Well, comedy yeah, I pain. mean, that's how I had comedy is pain. Pain is beauty. <laughs> is.
1: Um,
3: yeah, I don't know. I have no I don't know if you have any theory or anything that you have on this case.
1: I don't because it's Potential just like there's, there's so much weird shit. Um, I guess on February 1st, the only sightings that we have besides like his friend that saw him like running around like in the, the airport. Uh, I guess police uh, noticed um, in front of that Potter County courthouse building uh, that he was actually taking pictures of his red Explorer. Um, They thought it was weird, but they're like, ah, he's a white Republican. Like I'm sure he's doing something outstanding. Uh, Their words, not mine. Um, Also to a cabbie uh, from Dallas uh, said that he picked up somebody that matched the description of David uh, and that he was super nervous And that he was fumbling around with like a wad of a hundred dollar bills. So we mentioned, you know, the, you know, the $5,000 that was, you know, randomly deposited into his account and he's fucking fumbling around with like a wad of a hundred dollar bills, even though he left all of his his, uh, personal belongings and money and cards and shit, like in his uh, red Ford Explorer, which I've never seen a red Ford Explorer. That's fucking odd. Must've been fucking custom uh, ordered or whatever, but It just doesn't make sense at all to me. Yeah, I mean, maybe he was running from something, whether it was imaginary in his head, aliens. uh, You got to leave the, maybe it was the Russians. Maybe it was the Mexican mafia. Maybe it was the Italian mafia. Maybe it was fucking, you know, Hillary Clinton and the fucking lizard people. Um, I don't know. Uh, It's one of those cases where it's just like, you want to go down a road, of like okay maybe the the client that was suing his former um law firm maybe they had something to do with it maybe it was his former law firm but it's just like i don't think some nerds like that like because when you look at like that case it was just a bunch of nerds like fucking you know suing each other or whatever like i don't think steve jobs yeah. and bill gates would fucking fucking bust out fucking swords and uh, fucking have a trial by combat like this shit was game of thrones or whatever, or fucking do some fucking mafia shit like this. It didn't seem like he Not was only that,
3: but I'll uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Uh, so I was going to say like, I believe he talked to his, uh, I think it was his father-in-law that he talked to about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, his father-in-law was like, yeah, this, this, uh, this lawsuit isn't that big of a video, man. Like I wouldn't worry about it. Apparently, it wasn't, like, super fucking out of, like, the question of, like, of like some people might lose their jobs, but it's not going to be that big of a deal. Yeah, yeah. So the fact yeah. that he was, like, stressing out about this and, like, going, like, all ape shit about it was... Maybe the mental illness card, we can pull that out on this one? Maybe. But it's still... Maybe. that's That's a far stretch. I feel like we're just really stretching it on this one.
1: Yeah, it's one of those ones, like I said... It definitely deserves to be on Unsolved Mysteries. Uh, I I, I'm surprised it's not on Unsolved Mysteries, uh, but we beat you to it, Um, fucking Unsolved Mysteries. But uh, yeah, it's 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 one of those wild cases, and you hit the nail on the head when you're like when you really think about it, like it's it's super sad for both his wife and his daughter. It's just like okay, first you have that hit of like, hey, maybe dad abandoned me, kind of thing, and then you have the whole. Oh shit, this is worse than my dad abandoning me. He fucking was killed in a hit and run. And we don't know why the fuck he was sixteen hundred miles away in Yakima, Washington, when his fucking ass, you know, was from Amarillo, Texas. He grew up in Texas his whole life. Like, why would he be in fucking Washington? There was no connection to Washington at all. Why was he there? Why was he walking down the road? Why was he acting like a proud why was he dressed like a fucking proud boy? The world may never know.
3: that's definitely um, that's definitely the question of why that's that's got to be the main question. Why was he in middle of fuck nowhere? Um, you know, it would this case would be a lot easier to solve if they found him in like Amarillo and like a fucking cheap motel or something.
0: Yeah, uh,
3: but the fact that he was so far away, or even if he ended up in one of the places like that, he had a ticket to. Like, if he was in Dallas and they found him dead in Dallas of like a gunshot to the head or ran over, it'd be like, ah, oh, well, clearly somebody was after him or maybe he did cocaine and like party too hard to the Cowboys won or some bullshit like that. Yeah. But the yeah. fact that he's in Army in the middle of Washington, he didn't even have a plane ticket there. Was, and if he did, he was really covering his tracks. Um, just a really insane case, man. I'm sure there's little details that we missed. I listened to a podcast where the, uh, the The daughter's best friend cleared up some of the questions for for them. Um, uh, but even then, there were still so many questions involved in this case. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't, um, I didn't see very many, very, very many, like, like clear cut or like, oh, oh well, that explains that kind of thing. Because even the daughter, the daughter's best friend, was saying like, him and his wife were like in really good standings. it's not like you ever saw them fighting. Like they were like, everything was cool. Like it wasn't like they were like, it was a marriage that was falling apart. Yeah. Uh, so like that kind of goes out the quest off the room. Like I don't think the wife did it. If like, I know some people online, point to like she must've done it, but that makes no goddamn sense. Cause the wife was with the daughter the whole time. Yeah. And if the theory of that, she hired some hitman to take care of the wife and she only went shopping in I'm Amar- real or in Dallas, to uh, cover her tracks, that is a pretty elaborate, like, covering your goddamn tracks. Like, I don't know. It, it doesn't make any sense. Like, did somebody kidnap him and drive him all the way to Washington and just throw him in the streets? Like-
1: and if if he was the only one making, if he was the only one working, and there was money deposited in the account, not money taken out of the account, that doesn't that doesn't support that theory either. Like that's it just there's just no. There's no trail to follow, really. Like it just, it's yeah. all dead end kind of thing. So,
3: yeah, that's all I got. I that's think all I got,
1: it. brother. And um, like you said at the beginning of this, yeah, this is a pretty depressing topic. Only, the only light on this is that you know I'm wearing this goddamn giant fucking cowboy yeah.
3: hat. You're wearing a jumbo cowboy hat. Yeah, yeah. Bye, the cowboys bye. won. Bye. Hey, mate. <laughs> hey, the cowboys won. Hey, man. My favorite thing with the Cowboys. Uh, this. <laughs> This lady, one time, uh, I forgot where I was working at. I was working at Toyota at the time. And um, the Cowboys must have been good at the time. And um, it was like the playoffs. And they let us all wear jerseys to work. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was it was Toyota. We all wore jerseys to work. And I just wore my Devin Hester jersey. And um, uh, this lady goes in there and she's like, I like the Cowboys. And anyways, her saying that became like a joke within everyone around us. Because everybody would just be like, I like the Cowboys for no reasons." They would just say that because they're. <laughs> and I was like, I wonder if that lady knows that she's become like a, a meme here.
1: Like, she's just like... <laughs> but, oh, man. Well, with that said, Art, I don't have anything else. I do like the Cowboys, and um, do so like did them. David. Um, um, at least he got to leave this world with them being America's team. I'll probably be. Reminded. I hope that
3: he at least saw them win the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, that 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 would be like the great thing like that, you know, like and I'm going to use it as a sample, like probably the end of this episode that like, you know, you know, how like when a team like wins the Super Bowl and like fucking Al Michaels or John Madden or whoever the fucking, you know, Telecaster is probably Tony Romo this year. Like they always say like some beautiful words like, you know, Tom Brady, go down in the history books as one of the greatest of all time. Like, I'm sure there's, like, some beautiful, elaborate thing that, like, Al Michaels said after fucking the Super Bowl and shit. I hope he got to see that because that always gives me chills, like, every single time, even when it's a team that I didn't want to win when it's always like, man, that's that's why you get paid the big bucks, fucking Tony Romo and Al Michaels, because you guys, you guys got away with words, man. But
3: Tony Romo's always over here going, oh, shucks, and oh, man, he's smiling, <laughs> and you got the dimples going, and yeah.
1: Yeah, so I hope you got to see that shit. But with that said, Art, got anything else?
3: No, Tay Bamba, you boo with two shells. Is it Jack? Michelle is Warren. Uh, That's it.
1: Yeah. So uh, with that said, guys, if uh, you're able to crack the case and uh, give us some leads, so we can forward it to the Amarillo Police Department to get the the murder of uh, David Lewis soft guys hit us up on all the social medias at art Jacob do a or art Jacob do America except for Twitter we are at art Jacob do a one because fuck you Jordan Jesus that's how a steak is done even if it's well done or fucking raw like a fucking old dirty bastard song uh, if you want to support this podcast uh, I highly recommend going on over to patreon.com slash where every single week we put together a bonus episode for those who subscribe to our patreon one dollar a week will get you or one dollar a month will get you a, a bonus episode every week and like i say nine times out of ten those episodes are usually better than the episodes you're getting today for free so head on over there support the show it's very much appreciate appreciated uh if you want to support us in any other way guys i highly recommend going on over to art and Uh, where Art has given us links to our merch store over at tpublic.com, where you can pick yourself up a t-shirt, some masks, uh, a sweatshirt, um, some chonies. I believe we even have panty liners and um, tampon applicators with our fucking logos on it. So head on over there. Uh, buy some merch. And it's not so much to support us financially because I think we receive like a couple of pennies every time you buy a panty liner or a tampon applicator or whatever. We probably get like half a Bitcoin or something like that. Something very minuscule or whatever. But it's not to help us financially, but more or less to help spread the good word of the Art and Jacob Do America podcast. So when you have those uh, those freak nasty dudes that like to go down on you when you're on your period or whatever, and they see an Art and Jacob Do America podcast, uh, tampon applicator in that coochie hole, uh, they will be like, huh, after I get done doing the Lord's work, I can listen to a great podcast. So do that. Uh, If you want to help listen to other great podcasts, I highly recommend heading on over to the Podbelly Network over at podbelly.com where we have an array of other great shows such as uh, Ectoplasm and Hillbilly Horror Stories. So go check them out. Support the podcast. Uh, my buddy eddie from the rbg podcast he's starting another podcast over in the basement of the comedy store uh he is gonna be ruling that dungeon down there where uh they actually found like fucking finger bones and shit in the fucking (laughs) in the plaster when it used to be cyril's nightclub and shit so shout out to him we may or may not be heading on over there to do some collaborations who knows we'll see uh but with that said art i'm done i'm hungry it's time to go play with my son enjoy your weekend I hope your shoulder heals. Don't hurt yourself next week. So with that said, everybody, I love you. Good night. Goodbye, bitches. The
2: Cowboys are back on top of the mountain now. They were there in the '70s, fell off in the '80s. They're back on top now, and they.
0: Team from the absolute worst to the absolute best in four years.
1: And Dallas, your Cowboys are the champion. Just like that, man, it's like this. Then who gives a fuck about those? So just chill till the next episode.